You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Joan Gary had 18 of his career-high 22 points in the second half as Nebraska ball picks up its 20th intercollegiate basketball win of the season. 73-55 win over the Gophers yesterday evening at PBA. Gary had 7 of 13 shots from the field, including the career-high. Uh, yes, I did. Four, <laughs> oh, three, four. <laughs> yeah, oh, yes, yes, he did. It was a good night, I'm sure, for you as well. As uh, Minnesota shoots 31%, season-low 55 points. Bryce Williams, 15 points, 8 rebounds. Jamarcus Lawrence and Rink Mass add 11 and 10, respectively. Nebraska picks up its fourth straight win and matches a school record with a 17th home victory. So that's a good return on investment for you're going to the games. They have won their last four conference games by 15 or more points. First time that has happened for the Huskers since the 1911-12 season. And who forget who could forget that time around here at the zone? The Huskers are at Ohio State Thursday night at 5.30. Love that start time. Trey Alexander has a season-high 31 points, but it wasn't enough as St. John's builds a 13-point halftime lead. They win 80-66 over Creighton yesterday in Madison Square Garden. Uh, St. John's improves to 16-12 and 12 on the season. They're 8-9 in the league, and uh, they get a quad one win. Everyone is obsessed with these quads now. Creighton falls to 20-8 and 11-6 and and in the Big East. They host Seton Hall Wednesday night at 8. Oh, complaints on Wednesday. The Creighton women before national <laughs> TV audience 79-69 over Villanova Saturday at Sokol. They're 22 and 4, 13 and 3 in league play. Senior night tomorrow night against Xavier. And despite a history making performance from Frankie Fiddler, Homo Men's Basketball falls 63 58 to Kansas City in what has already been a great year for Frankie. He sets a new program record in the Division I era in single season points, topping the 578 scored by Zach, J- John S- Zach Jackson. Words are hard. Five years ago with 593. The Mavs are 14 and 16 overall, 7 and 8 in the summit, and are at St. Thomas Thursday. The Maverick women fall to Kansas City Saturday at Baxter 72-56. They fall to 6-22 on the season, 2-13 in league play. And Omaha Hockey, inspired by their new in-game MC, played like it as they win 3-0 Friday and tie 1-1 Saturday. Oh, he was putting on a show, apparently. Getting videos sent to me Friday night of Connor moonwalking on the ice. That's good. That's your boy. Hey, they've uh, they've played well. I heard it was uh, really loud at Baxter Arena this weekend. It's not on me having a bunch of chops. Is there anything Connor Happer doesn't do in this He's state? He's a uh, professional MC in town. It's good at it. Does not job. People are happy. Not even in town. Does it in another town, too. Crime, crime town. <laughs> I'm done. Wholesome wholesome <laughs> Friday night content is what it was. When was the last time you were in Lincoln? Football season. Okay. I, 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 you know, they do have some, they have some crime. You know, it's much safer in Omaha than it is in Lincoln. <laughs> People are saying. <laughs> that's, the, that's the word on the street. Uh, oh. I was listening to USC the day, and Josh brought that up to Sip, and Sip took major offense to him calling it crap down. Yeah, I mean, we, uh, you know, they, have, uh, they have a little of uh, oddball crime in yes. uh, Lincoln. That's the thing. Like, is is Lincoln the Florida of, of the Midwest where all the weird crimes happen? <laughs> wow. Lincoln, man. has gone all off. Yeah. You have what delivered you, on your promise what, when I got here. What, what do you have against UNL? Uh, uh, <laughs> I, oh. I don't have anything. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. 
Oh, I thought you were just getting warm because it is warm in here. It is warm in here. But I'm a Creighton guy now, right? That's what I get told all the time. It's a nice bird. I, I'm, I'm sure you are. I mean, hey, I'm, I'm trying to fight the good fight at this radio station. It's a nice okay? shirt. I'm just besieged by people that wear blue daily here. Uh, it, we, <laughs> I, was, I was doing the Creighton Athletics Hour the other day and had Rob Anderson in uh, as the guest on the show. And uh, Hold on. Hold on. I, well, hold on. It gets better. The, 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 the goat? Was a guest on? Yeah, your show? it was like let's talk stats for an hour. That was what a do great conversation. It was. That's it was not sarcasm. I'm mean, no. serious. Rob, Rob is fantastic. Uh, but we don't have the cameras on for that. But you show. don't talk about any credit. You got to talk like you got to talk about Milwaukee sports. Yeah, I, I, we did put a couple of uh, nuances out there, but we don't have the cameras on for those shows. And I forgot I'm wearing a Nebraska shirt. He goes, Uh-oh. <laughs> "What are you doing?" <laughs> it's like, "Oh yeah, forgot you were coming in." Sorry. <laughs> Quick, let me go get his own shirt. Be yeah. right back. <laughs> hey, speaking of uh, creating non basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, Kudos. So they're playing in Sugarland, Texas, and they're back down there next week. And Creighton baseball, yeah, they're playing. Whatever the competition nine down is, there, right? they've just actually they've outscored the five. Then the five wins, seventy-one to fifteen. Um, kudos to the parents. So this happened last year. This might have been in Cincinnati or somewhere else where there was no stream. Mm-hmm. So the parents like streamed it on their own for all the fans to watch, and that's what happened this weekend. It's like a couple of Creighton baseball parents streamed their games. Uh, this weekend against what Houston Christian they played Texas San Antonio and then yesterday Illinois Chicago. It's a natural progression. Yeah, the schedule hasn't been the most difficult. Like Nebraska's schedule, I think, I, think, I think Grand Canyon is okay. College of Charleston's unblemished. They haven't played a real difficult schedule, but you know, Creighton's schedule they they scheduled you know smartly, I guess you could say, to begin the year, and they are five and zero, and they've scored seventy one runs. In those five games, but I appreciate the parents setting up a a phone to be able to stream for everybody to watch. I watched a couple of innings uh, yesterday. I saw Nolan Clifford get a couple at bats, driving a couple of runs. And I'm like, ah, okay. They've got this giant scoreboard in center field that looks like the old ballpark in Arlington before. Yeah, I was thinking that too. <laughs> they've got the giant scoreboard that is the state of Texas. I'm like, that's where the uh, Sugarland Skeeters, Skeeters, the AAA affiliate of the Astros, play. But they didn't have any streaming. For the games. In 2024. Yes. Yeah. Where everybody has a huddle camera these days. Yeah. And Nebraska baseball over the weekend won 3 of 4 at Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. Yesterday they were up 8-1. Uh, I was driving to the game in Lincoln. Uh, kind of feels that they got that pitching staff figured out, too. Yeah. they. It, it's still going to be a work in progress with the bullpen and figuring out who's going to be your weekend starters outside of Sears. Um, but... I don't know. I like their balance in their lineup. I'm really excited to see how Drew Christo pro, pro, uh, progresses throughout the season, too. He, I think he could be a story this year. Uh, he could possibly be back in the role of their Friday night starter when they get to conference. Yeah, and I'd, I'd, like, I'd that's a big I'd be deal if that happens, to see what they too. do with him this weekend. Because um, Caleb Clark has been a little inconsistent. Would you rather have Christo on your weekend or Clark on your midweek, which killed you last year? I think Caleb Clark is good enough right now to work through some things pitching midweek. Um, I don't know. Christo, Christo looked good the other night. And could he, in a couple of weeks when you get to conference play, find a role as a number one starter? Sears is going to be either your number one or number two. And I think Will Walsh fit, uh, fits in there. But it was encouraging because Drew has not had an extended game like that where you start stacking innings since he's really been at Nebraska. Yeah, that's a that's a learned skill once you get to college. It's much different from throwing in high school at Westside than the, than the circuit and then getting to the college level. It's just three completely different games. 
back to uh, something that is the story this morning, because I just saw it on actually one of the national news shows. Uh, Rick Pitino in the white suit. So I, 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 you know, I got a couple of lessons here. I think Gary and, liked the suit. Well, I. Pl- it's one of those no, you respect, no. but I couldn't do it. Yes. So if I remember correctly, when Patino was at Louisville, when he came into town to recruit Akoya Gal, he wore his white suit. Oh, I wow. I like it was that. a big deal. When they went to do the home visit, I'm pretty sure he was wearing the white suit, which he made famous at Louisville. And why not? Because it's the home of Colonel Sanders. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're in Kentucky. You should wear white. I He didn't lean into it. He didn't have, like, you know, the little beard or anything like that. Dye the hair. But he started the white there. And I don't think he's done it since. I don't think he did it at I- Iona. No. So he decides, <laughs> he decides over the weekend, because they were having a whiteout, yeah. that he's got to That he called for, yeah. And... I think once you show up in the white suit, you have to be very confident. Like I always tell us, the, the fellow fat guys, vertical stripes on big guys is not good. Not like good Chris Christie shows up at the Mets spring training and he's wearing vertical stripes. That's not a good luck. Good luck, big men. Okay, we all gotta we all gotta bond together. We gotta be smarter about what kind of stripes and what kind of clothes we're wearing. That's why I wear a lot of black. Okay, they say once you go black, you never go back. That's what they Look, tell that's me. That's why I wear a lot of black. It makes me very slimming. I like to be slim. I mean, I'm not taking a shot. I'm not going to the gym for six hours a day. I wear black to look slim. It works out. But if you're, you don't look over a buck sixty today. Thank you. You know, you don't get extra. I'm trying to come okay. back. That's all it is. <laughs> He's but, always thinking. But Patino shows up wearing a white suit, and I don't know. Uh, unless you're a, a good, well-established, distinguished Southern gentleman, and you're wearing a seersucker to uh, mass on a Sunday <laughs> on Easter, not everybody looks good in an all-white suit. Heck. I remember, I think my dad, when my, my parents got married, I think my dad actually had a white suit. Like, back back way back in the day, men would wear a white suit to get married. Now, back oh, when, yeah. And back when we were a pure, su- pure society, where all uh, the sin took over. Yeah, until we got uh, got active. Um, and now, you don't see guys wearing white. Right. Most people are wearing, you know, dark suits, or, or, or they're, you know, mixing up. But I think when you are Patino and you wear the white suit... It should have affected the line yesterday. Yes. Which was actually kind of low. Wasn't it like three and a half? Four and a half. Four and a half. Nebraska's was six and a half. Minnesota didn't cover uh, 23 and four against the spread, if you're wondering, at home. Fourth but best then, in the country. Here's the other thing that I think Creighton should have known they were in trouble is first of all, you have uh, Tony Montana is coaching St. John's. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they had um, uh, Tommy DeVito's agent. Yep. Can we stop with that, by the way? Like, that is not news. The guy lives in New York. But he was there. Anytime he's at an event in New York City, somebody tweets about it. John Fanta, as a as a professional reporter, we do not need to know that a B-rate NFL agent is at a college basketball game. But it's the look. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, it and it's look. corny. It is. Bobby Bop, Baklava was well, there. Well, yes, which which is probably the other thing. When, I got when a guy that. from the Sopranos is sitting courtside <laughs> yeah. and the head coach of St. John's is wearing white. I said it's over. You probably should have like, yeah, you know what? I'm good today. My exact words were it's over. This is fine. You know, New York City, we'll be back here in a couple this of weeks. This is cool. CBS game. This was fun. Let's go home. How does, I mean, Rick, you, how does Rick Pitino get more games at MSG? Like, I, I don't, he asked I don't, for them. I don't, yeah, I, don't know how, I don't know how you get it done. I don't know if you had to tell Cher to take a back seat or whatever, whoever's performing at the Garden that night. But St. John's, uh, John's that arena, it's, it's a different story. 
Uh, the, the, stars very, came, very the stars su- come out. They don't I'm go very to Queens. Surprised that you are uh, triggered by Tommy Cutlet's agent. It's it's. What like, do you expect? He's a, he's a he's a true Italian guy. What do you expect? A- Adrian Martinez like? loves that guy. By the way, he thinks he's the funniest guy on the planet. Uh, but uh, Adrian yeah, Martinez is not Italian. Famously, um, <laughs> I'll tell I'll you take that story. It um, <laughs> you got a story about Adrian Martinez not being Italian? E- e- yeah. <laughs> like, the, was there a mix-up? Uh, I asked him what the worst thing he ever heard on the field was, and he told me off air, and I just can't repeat it on air. Well, yeah, you can clean it up. Tell it right now. I literally can't. <laughs> can you it's tell me that what bad. team? Um, yeah, uh, Purdue. I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was. No, it's Michigan State. It was Michigan State. Ah, uh, them again. The like nine, when they gave the nine six, broke his jaw. The nine six. Oh, game. his first year. Yeah, the nine six game. Uh, it. Every other word is a four letter word. Uh, but anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> I lost. Oh, Rick the, Patino. Rick Patino. Yeah, I, I just think that it was over. You, you get the stars to come to Madison Square Garden, and if you, it look, how great of a recruiting tool is that? You got to find a way to get more games there. Well, they're trying. They yeah. also played. Uh, they played Seton Hall, uh, that which elicited the rant by Patino. They played that the UBS, or... which is a beautiful arena where the Islanders moved to uh, out by the racetrack, uh, racetrack in Belmont. Um, they're New York's team. So they're going to play all over. But they would like to play more games at MSG. I would think, though, sometimes, kind of like Villanova. Villanova has to pick and choose which games they play on campus and which games they go and right. they play in the NBA arena. I don't know, man. To have an atmosphere where people are right on top of you on campus against bigger-name teams instead of chasing the dollar where you know if you move a game against Creighton, who is nationally ranked, or Villanova or UConn to a bigger arena, you're going to be able to make more money. You're going to have a larger crowd. Oh, there's something about having a home court advantage, um, but they are New York's team. So yeah, they're going to they're they're play all too. over, all over the place. Um, but you show up in white, your vintage Patino. You were going to win that game. There was no doubt. But you had the you had the Holy Trinity. You had Patino in white. You had Bobby Bacala from The Sopranos, and then you had uh, Tommy DeVito's agent. There was no way they were losing yesterday. That guy's so corny. Get a new hat. Wow, that's I'm out. I'm out. I just, see. I loved it. I was like, many, this is great. How many? How many? Do, do do we need to go downtown? Do we need to go to Little Italy after the show to have lunch? But I grew up on Ninth. A couple of good, I, I grew up on sandwiches spots down there. I grew up on Ninth and Hickory, and you know shout out to the Thursday spaghetti. You know, well, no, no, no. Here's the thing. You want to know how you know who the Italian guys are in every Italian just restaurant? Out, I mean, we're not even going to go to the Sons of Italy party. Love, love the Sons of Italy. Oh. Why are you out on Italians? I'm not out on Italians. <laughs> I'm, I'm, out, I'm out on guys that got famous for wearing an outfit one time, and now they wear it to every single event so people know who they are. That's what I'm out on. Jim Harbaugh wore his khakis everywhere for a long time. Yeah, like to work. <laughs> so well, no, he like, would go to speaking engagements in, in full uniform. Uh, my f- previous co-host, Rob Love, met Jim Harbaugh at the White House one time, and he was famously wearing khakis at the White House. Yeah, go all in. There's a picture I've seen. I wouldn't have believed Hold it. Hold on, there's a lot in there. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, was, what was Rob Love doing? He's a big deal. At the White House. Hanging out with Barack. His wife was an accept, accepting award as an educator. Me, otherwise known as President Obama? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> he lived there for a while. At the White House? <laughs> At the White uh, Barack Obama, oh, I guess. Yeah. People yeah. Think. Oh, yeah, I've seen him yeah, solo. You, you, you got me confused here. Not Rob Love living at the White House. No, no, no. Just Barack like Obama. In a secondary room. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, 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 was, he lived in the he lived in the, the grand, <laughs> he's, he's staying the in the, stay in the Lincoln bedroom. Yeah. The casita. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh wore khakis to the White House. He Where Rob Love was. Where Rob Love was, yes. It, it's, it's, it, it, that's who he is. That's his brand. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That's his comfort. He would have a so if the guy, if the guy that is representing Tommy DeVito, that is known for dressing like a mobster, maybe that's movie his character. His father, his father dressed like that. He dresses up all the time. He doesn't, you know, show up in a, a three quarter zip and shorts on a eighty degree day in Omaha. Maybe he hit he up shows, church on the way. Yeah, he could have done that. I mean, it was a noon tip off. Mm-hmm. I really hope that dude's not wearing that to church. I, I What's would, more acceptable? The I all look no, no. At, hold on. Maybe I, I would expect here. him to wear that to church. A, a pit striped suit. A good Italian boy oh, you going, to, going to mass yep. before he goes to watch a basketball game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he ain't he ain't rolling in in some chinos. <laughs> I'm I'm just out on the guy. He's he's famous for. Oh, he looks great. This is, no, he does not. Get I out love of here. it. I think you would be triggered if. You were uh, covering a school that had Rick Pitino as their head coach and Kim Mulkey as their women's basketball coach <laughs> because of their dress attire. Now, Pitino, out, out, on Pitino, Pitino out of the uh, white suit, he's just a normal guy. I mean, he's just he's got the open collar. See, that's he's why got it the works, blazer though. and the khakis. That's why it works, though. Like This guy is just a caricature of himself where Rick Pitino has just got... Like, yeah, you got a guy that's got all the swag in the world, Rick Pitino, and then this dork. How many Italian gentlemen? A lot. Have you have you known that don't dress well? Whoa, whoa, whoa! That's because that's a whole different discussion. You're telling me that Tommy DeVito's agent is a well dressed man? Yeah, that suit is Absolutely. incredibly tacky, it's beautiful. And then the fedora hat. Oh, like are, are you a mobster or are you like a 1920s press guy? Tom Landry wore a fedora. Yeah, great. Four hundred years ago. <laughs> 1988 wasn't that long ago. I remember it. Yeah, it was exactly 35 years ago. Ask me. I learned a lot about you today. You got all these side <laughs> I'm hustles. I'm judging. Okay? I'm judging. You uh, have a kid on the way, and you quit your job, and now you hate fedoras. And he was a great that, football player. Some, he played at that Mass. sums me up as a person <laughs> right there. <laughs> Is that on your profile? Yeah, I'm adding it as we speak. <laughs> well, uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Fremont Fred had some takes. I was reading. I was reading his tweet. Met that guy. You met Fremont Fred, haven't you? Yes, we've yeah. we've we've interacted many many times. I was at, I was at lunch. We have broken bread together. I was at, I was speaking of which. I was at lunch with a friend at, at Yo Machachos in Omaha, and I turned to this guy and I said, "Hey, do you mind taking a picture for us?" And he goes, "Yes, I'd absolutely love to, Jimmy Allen. I'm Fremont Fred, by the way." So oh met, yeah, so yeah, I met yeah. Fremont Fred. Uh, rest in peace to that place. Yeah, but not Fremont Fred. Not Fred. Still very yeah. much alive and kicking on this yeah. great day. That's one of the few people we're not burying today. Uh, when we come back. Uh, Have we killed something in every single segment? We're on fire today. I just showed up today, and yeah. I'm just I'm letting you roll. You, you missed your opportunity on the uh, post game call in show, so you can get everything off your yeah. chest here. Is it Black Monday on 1620 The Zone right now? Uh, just... Somebody would like to call you on something. Okay, Are you ready? Uh, let's go. Uh, Are you going to name this person? Yeah, this okay. is uh, from the uh, Lego Maniac. Okay, hi Lego Maniac. So you got to understand, Zach has ridden the wave of Nebraska basketball. Oh, yeah. I think we're having a good day today. Because Nebraska is twenty and eight, and they've won ten games in the Big Ten, and they're seventeen and one at home, and they've got the coach of the year in the Big Ten. Uh, I'm pretty sure two weeks ago on USC, you me said Hoiberg is on the hot seat. No, I said that he had the ability to be on the hot seat if things went off the rail, which was the discussion where, where Josh Peterson kept telling me, "Well, you're saying he's on the hot seat," and I said, "No, I'm not. I'm saying if things go off the rail, we could be having that discussion because he set the because the expectations." Got raised to such a high level. See, this is a big thing about context because we had somebody, we had somebody tweet in, we had somebody call in, we had somebody send an email saying all three people stating that on uh, Blue Jay uh, shoot around that I said that the PBA was going to be a sixty percent crazy. Oh, crowd, that's right, Josh. Which sent that me a message, and that didn't happen either. Just 
had awakened from a nap to a Conte- message from Josh. Context is important, people. What did you say on December whatever? It's like, and I we looked what it up, I had for we dinner it back. And guess what? I didn't say that either. I don't know. Was I even there? I said three weeks ago that if they went on a losing streak and lost to Michigan because of where the expectations were at the beginning of the season, if things fell apart at the end of the year, we could be having a hot seat discussion. That's what I said. I didn't. I never said he was actually on the hot seat. Okay. Thanks for clarifying Thank that. You. There you go, Zach. Lego Maniac, thanks for listening. Uh, there is... Your car seat will be Hoiberg, the only hot Hoiberg seat today. has done something at Nebraska that doesn't happen with coaches. Um, you know, new coaches come in, we get all excited, we think, okay, this is what they can do. Uh, you, you, you tell the basketball coach, hey, rent, don't buy, because, you know, it's Nebraska basketball. And, and they both tell you, no, I like Firethorn, so Miles buys a place out there. Hoiberg's <laughs> got a place at Firethorn. Um is how many times, rightfully or not, uh, the Hoiberg, I wouldn't say hot seat, because I think Trev looks at basketball differently than us basketball guys, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, It'd be weird if he didn't, though. But you very rarely have a guy who has like his first three years where it's just a mess, an absolute mess where you cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel, to two years later being the position that Fred is. Very rarely at Nebraska that happens because you start with a lot of optimism and excitement, and then it quickly goes downhill, and you're not able to pull the parking brake. And five years later, you're on to your next coach. Fred has done something that doesn't happen here, is you get off to a slow start. It feels like it's slipping away. Because I, I think I think a couple years ago, Nebraska did hit rock bottom. And then all of a sudden, you pulled the parking brake and you start climbing back up the hill to where Fred is. That doesn't happen at Nebraska. It just, it doesn't, it, it, if you look through the history of coaches, basketball or not, if you get off to a start that starts to go downhill, there are very few coaches that are able to go, not today, and they turn around where you went from, and I'm not saying you, but people two years ago were like, this ain't going to last. This ain't going to last. And you're like, man, eh, he's out. Or even during the season where, because I, I got in this discussion with a, a guy yesterday, um, and he admitted it, and I said, you should walk down on the floor and during one of the timeouts, apologize to Hoiberg. He said, I was out after the second half at Minnesota. He goes, I was done. I he goes, like, I, I, here we go again. Here we go again. But it's rare at Nebraska that a coach turns things around like Hoiberg has done, where it's not just they're catching lightning in a bottle this year. They've played consistently good all year, that it's not a one-off thing, that you can see that while you wrap up 23-24, 24-25 with a point guard or a five or even adding a an athletic 6-7 wing, they're in a good spot. And that, and that doesn't happen in Nebraska. It just doesn't. Because you go downhill, and you keep going downhill, and you make a firing, and you're on your next coach every five years. Not to make this the Fred Hoiberg apology hour, but like, do we not give him enough credit for how he was able to construct a roster after the Abdel Massey situation? Like after that was kind of supposed to be the way that this program was supposed to be built, and how he's kind of pivoted and put that portion of it on his back. Like, well, I don't I think th- he gets enough credit. For uh, that. I think he. Uh, well, I give him a lot of credit because I know what he was trying to do because they tried to go star power. Right. And instead he said, we got to build a team that starts with a T and ends with an M. Give him credit for that. I think Fred has evolved as well during his time at Nebraska and also learning 
how the college game is working compared to when he was at Iowa State, where you were ahead of the curve in terms of a transfer portal, and you didn't get instant gratification. You played that world, but guys had to sit out. Now I come back, and i got to learn as we go. And then I think it also, you have to learn how to be the basketball coach at Nebraska. You know, you have a lot of advantages. That arena is golden for Nebraska basketball. Agreed. I mean, especially when it's full, it just, there there's something special about that place, and this year they're taking advantage of it. They're 17-1 at home. Um, I think you have to learn how to be the coach because... There's no blueprint. No, and everybody tells you that you can't do this. Right. And you have to take your lumps going, no, this is how I've done in the past, and then you learn how to win in a place like Nebraska, and you can keep your head above water and then build from there. And I think that's exactly what Fred did, figuring out the staff that works in a place like Lincoln, Nebraska, finding out guys that you can attract, and then guys you want. You know, you want guys that care for each other. I, Prime example of this team and why I think fans are becoming connected to this team, and, and they have been, I'm not just saying like yesterday sure. off a of beat in Minnesota, is this is a likable team. How many times in the past have you heard a fan go, Jesus, I love Nebraska basketball, but I can't stand this team. I can't stand Cam Mack. I can't stand Teddy Allen. Hey, I like Bryce McGowan's, but man, man, that Alonzo Verge, whether rightfully or wrongfully, can't stand the guy. Got to get rid of the guy. How many times have you heard that? You haven't heard that about Every season this team. That Hoiberg's been he here, has made this a very likable team. And another example, yesterday. So C.J. Wiltshire, post-Wisconsin, mm-hmm. hasn't shot the ball well. And he tried yesterday to basically shoot himself out of a slump. But he's short on threes. He's just kind of all over the map. And he went from, the West, after the Wisconsin game, you're like, man, that's the sixth man of the year in the Big Ten, to he's on the struggle bus. But... Here's an example of why I keep using the word team with Fred and his constructing of this roster and turning things around. Wiltshire is happy for guys on the floor when they do well. In the past, CJ sold. You know, Tominaga's got a little bit of that in him. When Tominaga's not playing well and the team is playing well, there'll be times where Tominaga's body language on the bench, it's either he's absent or it's just kind of he's in his feels. Sure. Where's his heart on Wiltshire is a prime example of this team. Is he has he has found his niche, and again they need him to they need him to get back to his shooting touch. But yesterday he's on the bench, and he wasn't playing well, and he didn't play like an extended a period of time. When he came in, he had some nice energy. I, I thought he was a little bit better defensively. Yeah, he played eleven yesterday. minutes. But you know he he's on the bench and he's excited. Like uh, Juwan Gary pulls up for a three left wing. I don't think it was the mass save out of bounds. Knocked down the photographer, Gary, at the other in his three. I think it was a different play. But I saw the video of C.J. Wilcher is pulling the major league move. You know, the big cojones. Yeah. The, you know, big C.J. energy on the bench. And he's excited for Jawan Gary. That's a sign that they got something good in that locker room. Because in the past, I don't think C.J. not playing would have shown that kind of emotion. Good teammate, but I'm not super over-elated because, man, I should be out there. I, I think there's just... There's a lot of things that have connected Fred to this team, this team to Fred, and a fan base that so desperately, and I, I, the word the word to use is desperate, so desperately wants Nebraska basketball to be relevant. Yeah, and we, we've seen it time and time again inside that arena this season that this team plays well and gel, gels well when they have good vibes around them. And I think that has kind of resonated to to the to the team and to your point i mean yeah Juwan, or sorry cj wilcher was, was was 0 for 4 yesterday but the team was plus 11 when he was on the court so i mean it's it's one of those things that yeah you can 
you, you can add your team by not adding to the scoreboard. Yeah. And they're also here's the other thing about coaching that particular team. I, I'm not a coach. Just play one on the radio. Um, I haven't had a ton of success. I had a third grade basketball team a couple years ago. We just weren't very good. It's because the players weren't very good. Yeah. Um, Slow but, laterally. But, but back to back to the back to the discussion of the past of the Cam Max, who was a dude when he was here. Um, but he but he, he off off the court issues. Uh yeah. Yeah. Um then you had, you know, Teddy. Teddy was a dude, but but along with Teddy came the roller coaster. And even Verge, who I I think there was there was more good with Verge than bad, but Agreed. he was on a team that wasn't very smart, didn't have great basketball IQ, so he got absolutely crushed. This is a smart team. Okay, there's not a lot of bad basketball IQ on this team. Again, adding to the point, Fred's done a really good job in two years of constructing this roster, and it started with Sam Greasel and Derek Walker getting old, staying old, and finding guys that don't need to be the dude, okay? That they don't need to be option one, option two. And so they created that last year, and this year they bring in two guys who were the dudes at Bradley and Charlotte and said, hey, we don't, we don't have dude one and dude one here, dude two here. We have six or seven dudes, and you guys are part of it. And for him to able to relay that message on what they want to do and then have people in that locker room implement it, man. just I, I'm, I'm writing Hoiberg's script at the Big Ten Award Banquet when he gets Coach of the Year today. They've just found so many complimentary pieces to what they want to do. I think, you know, you, you don't, like you said, you don't have dude one, dude, eight, dude two, but you have a guy at Rink Mass who I think is the prototypical guy that Fred Hoiberg wants on his team, and they put a bunch of guys around him that complement his skill set. Yeah, and, and, and Rink Mast, we all understand this. Um, I don't know if he'll go back to the homeland, wherever he will go. If he wants to like stay in Lincoln, you're going to be 20 years from now and you're going to be playing pickup hoops at the Y, and Rink Mast is going to be out there <laughs> getting it might buckets. Be tom- it might even be tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> all right, 37 past the hour. Uh, more, uh, more emails. Someone's coming to your defense about... Uh, um, what you said. Thank you. Yeah. Context is important. Listen, I know people get in and out of the car. We got to listen to the whole segment. There folks. you go. Gotta listen to all of it. There you go. It's important. I know. And, got a beginning, a middle, and an end. <laughs> and you can listen to all segments on SoundCloud.com. Backslash after hour 1620. <laughs> all right. Uh, we're off and uh, running. Jimmy Allen's in uh, for uh, Nick, who will uh, be back in uh, again tomorrow. Jimmy Chavez is here as well. A little bit later, Jacob Bigelow will uh, join us. As Nebraska is 20 and 8, Creighton is 20 and 8, both headed to the NCAA tournament. What seed will they be bouncing with? Much different crooked numbers. We will see for those two um, teams. And, and probably both exactly where they should be. Agreed. Agreed. I, I thought there was going to be an outside chance that Creighton made a run to a two seed if they won out and then had a good showing uh, in the Big East tournament. But I think yesterday kind of kiboshed that. I mean, I, I think you would like to be a three. Three you have a little bit more control, um, but four. I would, yeah, I four don't sounds think right. Four. Nine, ten for Nebraska sounds exactly right. Yeah, and and I think it's one of those spots that, especially if they can, I don't know, play forty five minutes away from their home base, could get really, really interesting. Yeah, we'll get Jacob's thoughts on that because Jacob brought up a. He texted me the other day uh, when somebody on the committee said, "Yes, it is possible that Nebraska could play in Omaha." He brought up a good point about why it might not be such a good idea for Nebraska to play here in Omaha. And I agreed with him. S show. Yeah, it's the alcohol sales will do well. Uh yeah, they're 
be a lot of a lot of media that all of a sudden starts covering it'll Nebraska be an, basketball. It'll, oh yeah, no, yeah. nobody's going to be able to get credentials to that. <laughs> uh, uh, that much more. Again, Jacob coming up in the uh, last hour. Uh, Tim Kruger will be in tomorrow. Uh, his bracket is not out till tomorrow, um, so he would like to wait until tomorrow. And so, a question for him will be: Who decides the quads? Who came up with what quad has? What number of teams and one through thirty on the road, home, all that kind of stuff? Isn't it? It's a combination, right? Of like the Ken Palm and something else. I it's, think it's I confusing. Yeah. <laughs> also, that a lot of, that. A lot of, a lot of a lot people simpler. confused about the net because they're wondering, man, there there can be big adjustments overnight. Selection Sunday, the net is used. Use your eyeballs right now uh, in assessing what's going on in Lincoln or here in Omaha. All right, that's uh, to come around the uh, corner on sixteen twenty, the zone. Waiting on a tax return. Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.